Oh, hey there. Want to achieve immaculate dopeness in your career? Well, just having the skills alone is probably not going to cut it. You got to have a strong personal brand as well. Having a personal brand is how you're able to put your stuff out in front of people who care and build value for everyone in your communities. If personal branding is on your mind and you have not yet checked out the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass, the F is wrong with you. <laughs> for, for real though, go to www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. That's where we've got all the information about our signature 10-week personal brand boot camp called the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. You'll learn to craft your voice, build a tribe, and get recognized for the things you are passionate about. Again, that's www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Head over there and apply for a seat in our program. On now with the show. It says, ah, this isn't deodorant. And I actually went under the table and did that. <laughs> oh my God. That happened today? Yeah, it was like an hour and a half ago. I've never been put in such a vulnerable position. I'm pressing hard now just to feel the ignition. My Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, it is time yet again for another edition of Idea Lemons Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan, aka Raj Nation, Idea Lemon co-founder and your show's co-host. And I'm alongside once again my co-founder and co-host, Marty McFly, Mr. Martin McGovern. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the only show where you get to eavesdrop on conversations with entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians about the stories, the journeys, the struggles, but most importantly, the questions. The questions that help us all better understand who we are, what we're doing, and how we can do it better. In this episode, we sit down with our new friend, Emily Drake. Emily is the CEO of Flank 5 Academy. Flank 5 Academy is a personal incubator and accelerator for you and your career. Now, what we talk about with Emily is something that a lot of entrepreneurs deal with, a lot of leaders deal with, and quite honestly, everyone deals with at some point in their career, and that's just that things can get lonely. So, we explore the question, how do you find support? Before we get started, I want to send a quick reminder and invitation for you to come over to idealemon.com and join our totally dope tribe of awesome people. Enter your email at our site, idealemon.com. You will never miss an episode of this show, and you'll be in touch with all the cool stuff we share around discovering your inner awesome. All right, let's dive in now to our conversation with Emily Drake from Flank 5 Academy. How do you find support? Let's listen in. You know, the how do I find support question um, is never really explicitly asked, but a lot of the folks that we work with at Flank 5 and I think just in general are kind of looking for like who's going to be on my support squad as I make this change. And so the idea being that like it can't stop at family and friends, um, that maybe those folks are part of what gets people to a certain point, but when they're really looking to what I would say even just like do something really courageous, something brave, something counterculture. There's going to be the like you go girl camp in family and friends, but there's also going to be the people who are like, um, why would you do that? So the naysayers. And, and so the question really is, yes, how do I find support? But how do I find positive support is sort of the qualifier. 
How do I find, you know, the right energy level support? Um, how do I find people who are going to kind of cat help me catapult versus just kind of like you go girl, which encouragement is not nothing, but you know, who will have good ideas for me? So I think like, how do you find support becomes a, I mean, it's a really complex question. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of different ways to go with it. Um, that someone's even asking it, you know, makes my heart go pitter patter. It's <laughs> like, oh, good. You know, you can't do this alone. Great. So we're already winning. Now what? Yeah. I would actually almost even go as far to say it's like, it's almost like bad to have family and friends support. I mean, you want that, right? And you don't want them to be against you, mm -hmm. but to hell with them. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely that can't be your only level of support and almost... I think anything that comes from family, I think primarily family, is stuff that for a lot of people inherently you will resist up front anyways. Mm. Um, even if it's like good advice, it's just like, you don't know what I'm doing. You're just my dad. You're just my brother, whatever, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> yeah. And. Right. Once you get down to a certain level, you'll look back and be like, okay, they said these things. Yeah. It, you know, it's almost like there's an initial resistance to take advice from people who are so close to you in other facets of life mm -hmm. that for professional advice, it's hard to take it seriously on, on, in the moment unless they are doing or have done the exact same things you've done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It goes back to that meetup we had about vulnerability because, mm -hmm. like, Is that a word again? Vulnerability. <laughs> Vulnerability. Um, it goes back to that meetup that we had where everyone was saying, you know, it's really like it's it's easier to be vulnerable in a group of strangers than it is with your family or with your friends because you don't have all of the background and I guess baggage or context uh, that comes with people that you know really well. Mm -hmm. And so you can actually just say things and people won't misinterpret them in the context of everything else that you've said in your life. Mm -hmm. They'll just take it as it is in the moment. And I think that's a big thing with this support as well. It's like family and friend support is great, but everything that they say to you or that you say to them is not an isolated comment. It is a comment in a string of lifelong interactions. And so it's like, well, you know, you never even supported me when I was a little kid and wanted to do these things. So, of course, you're not going to support me now. It's like, no, that's totally the wrong way to look at it. Um, and that's probably why, you know, family and friends isn't the best place to start. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think definitely kind of when you think about support, it's like definitely, you know, huge appreciation for the, for the support that I've had for my family and stuff like that. But it is separating yourself from the history when, when you're trying to make today's decisions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was thinking just sort of generationally how that tracks differently, possibly. So like boomers and Gen X, I identify as Gen X. You know, this idea that strangers, I'm going to go be vulnerable and honest and trust strangers and like they'll somehow have ideas that help me percolate possibilities and completely is not something that I witness people really thinking is okay or possible or... Like how, first of all, the world word vulnerability, God bless Brené Brown, like she's sort of made it part of pop culture, which is good. And, but I really think that there's an idea of like, is it safe for me to share my dreams with people 
that I that don't really know me. And time and time again, we prove out that it is like it's the best place to do it to sort of get that mirror held up that isn't subject. There's I guess yeah, subjective. Um, it's objective. Yeah, and, I haven't yeah. patented my dream though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I have to patent all my dreams before I can share them. That's right. Yeah. You need an NDA. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and because I could steal it and then you can't have it. Yeah. Because there's a finite amount of dreams out there. There are a guys. finite number of dreams. Yeah. And I don't know. Thanks, Obama. Um, <laughs> thanks, Obama. Really, really helped us out with that. Um, oh. But but for real. Um, yeah. Going to family and friends is sort of like, just don't do it, I think is what I want to say. <laughs> and I agree. I love that you said I, I, I'm grateful for the support of my family, as am I. But I think once I, you know, my mom will probably... <laughs> Should we go close the window? We, let's try I've already it. voted my opinion on the window. Let's try so. it. Full on sweatcast. I don't think we will sweat because we're not moving. Well, I'm already listening when are you not, Ron? <laughs> when are you not? All right. You were saying. I'm <laughs> now I'm going to be really mindful of your glistening. Both of you. You're kind of glistening, too. Thank you. Aw. <laughs> None of this is getting cut, by the way. <laughs> it's all about the glisten. Always be glistening. Um, glisten's a great ABG. word. ABG. Glisten's a great word. Oh, we're off the rails already. <laughs> Yeah. Literally. Literally. literally, I know. God damn it. All right. Let's get us back on the rails. Let's get us back on the wagon. Back Um, on the wagon. uh, So so the support aspect of family. Yeah. Family and friends. Um, And and that I think just sort of like, you know, my whole philosophy on getting support is to have many different buckets for it. I think when you're growing up, a lot of us have like the best friend and you tell that person everything. And I think there's a compulsion. They stab you in the back. (laughs) <laughs> all right so offline we'll talk about that yes oh wow um and that's the date like here's the danger in putting all your eggs in one basket with support right is that that first of all that's incredibly unfair to whomever's across the table from you if you need emotional support from them financial support whatever so i think it's just sort of general words of wisdom about like spreading it out and have when i first got into this entrepreneurial experience which is four months old at this point the gaping hole of support for me was other entrepreneurs, which is how I met you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I had plenty of people who were like holding up, helping me hold up my life in general, but there's a very specific sort of sensibility that was missing. And is my mom amazing? And she answers the phone when I call and that's great. And like, is my husband really supportive? Absolutely. But I mean, shame on me if I'm going to them for, you know, like I'm lonely because I work at home, you know, they, they can't relate to that and they wouldn't be able to. So I think support you know, you have to like cross pollinate and you have to have it be broad brush, which means you have to be vulnerable over and over again, which is hard, which is hard. Well, and a lot of that too is, and this is the the, kind of the guiding force of coffee and conversation that like uh, Saturday entrepreneur meetup in Chicago that our friend Levi runs. The, the, The slogan is collaboration over competition. And that's a huge thing that a lot of people just need to get over is that everyone like everyone is out to steal a dream mm. yeah you kind of got to be weary in some cases but i think if you have a good enough like just like sensor of people you'll be able to get a feeling pretty quickly yeah but overall like not everyone is at, has the same priorities as you 
And that said, just because you say something doesn't mean you've lost like rights or the ability to pursue it or anything like that. And I think it's only because in a lot of, you know, the people that we've brought into our lives and the relationships we've developed and the support network we have has come from not acting like everything's perfect mm-hmm. and being okay, telling people this is what we're working on, this is what we're struggling with, this is what we're excited about. Mm-hmm. Unless you're the Winklevoss twin. Yeah, well, that's true. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so I said there are there are some cases. So where are the limitations then? I think it's it's having a good again, mm. and maybe not everyone has this uh, ability. I don't know if ability is the right word, but yeah. but no, like having just a a, a a filter of some kind, and that's a, I think that's a personal call. Like like when we met a month ago, um, I could tell within about two minutes that I could tell you pretty much anything about our business and not worry that you were going to like copy paste and make it your business or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Because off the bat, you had just basically been like, I'm just looking for people to like bring into my circle so I'm not so damn alone in this thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something you said about, let me think, it, it, it struck me and then I tried to be present with you. I was like, this is like good, Rajiv, good. And then I, I don't want to get distracted. Um, <laughs> The experience of going from working for someone else, and you think about, like, let's just put ourselves there for a second. Um, Remember, right? Like, how trust is built in a company um, and how trust is built, like, once you're out on your own. I think it can be different. So, for example, this reciprocity idea when you're working at a corporation. So if I scratch your back, Martin, you're going to scratch mine. That's just, like, how it works. We're going to have a transaction. And then there's this experience once you're out in the entrepreneurial sphere of like, it's kind of like that, but it can also be like really generous and nobody's necessarily, like you guys were very generous to meet with me. There was no scratching of backs necessarily, but it was sort of like, I'm willing to tell you truthfully, like, this is what I'm looking for is just support. And you're willing to give it to me without having to be repaid for it. And I think in a corporate setting or in an organization setting. So for people who are new to entrepreneurship, I think this is like not everybody's out to get you out here is maybe a different, like a different way to think about how people treat each other. I could also be incredibly naive. So I'm just putting <laughs> well, that out there. Well, I think it's too. also a regional thing too, because I yeah. think in Silicon Valley, this is a much different conversation because mm. everything is like cutthroat there. Yeah. But I feel like the Midwest is very much like, you know, help thy neighbor or whatever that saying is. Yeah. Yeah. Help thy neighbor. Yeah. I don't know. I think generosity is sort of, and it's also just, you know, how we're composed. Like it's how I'm built. It's how both of you are built. Like sort of like it'll cap it. Karma's going to, I mean, like whatever the universe has at play, like it's good to give if we can give kind of thing. Yeah. Um, beca- and, and just sort of be willing to say like, I need help. That's something that I talk a lot about with our clients and, you know, asking people for advice is actually a super sexy, attractive thing to do. Like, what would you do, Martin? You know, like, what would you do in this situation? What's your experience? And actually, like, plugging into your expertise, which people love. The joy of talking is a real thing. Yeah. Like, people like to talk. Yeah. Um, and I think in the, the reverse situation, um, and this is what I've found to just be probably the most helpful thing you can ask someone is not 
what do you need help with or how can I help? Like that question sucks mm. because then it puts the person like into a mode of, and I know because when I've been asked this before, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and, but instead, if you ask, what are you struggling with or what, like, what's your challenge mm. right now? That is the question to ask someone. Mm-hmm. And that, cause everyone knows what they're struggling with. Not everyone, most people don't know what they need help with ourselves included. Everyone knows what they're struggling with. And if you are able to understand that about a person, then you're able to then figure out, can I help them? And if so, how? Mm-hmm. And then that becomes the basis for a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're, you're asking me, how can I help? I like, and this happened many times, I'm like, okay, like, what is everything that's going on? Like, is that something that's right for me to ask for help for? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so don't look at a video I did a couple weeks ago that asks, how can I help? Um, (laughs) So just don't look at it. But I think the premise being, how can I help is sort of like the intention. Like that's what you're coming in with. I mean, that's the energy you're coming in with. You're absolutely right. I think it's a paralyzing question. It's highly anxiety provoking. It's like, wait, first of all, do I need help? I don't know. And then, yeah, how do I use your skills, strengths, and abilities to help me? Because I really think it's more... Yeah. It, the person who gets asked that question, it, it really puts you in more of a situation of like, am I qualified to be asking someone for help? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. is this something I should know on my own or not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I, do I have a right to put that burden on someone else? But if you're just like, man, I really am struggling with yeah. figuring out a resume or I'm really struggling with getting in touch with this type of person. Then someone's like, have you tried this? Mm-hmm. Like, no, I haven't. So, you know, then that, I think it just, it makes for a better conversation and you start to bring people into your life who can, who can support you. Mm-hmm. So moving away from hypotheticals, what are you guys struggling with? <laughs> you have to answer these too. You always ask them. <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. All right, you go first then. All right. Um, well... I'm currently struggling with trying, so we've, we've brought our business, we've gone through another shift in our business Mm -hmm. and we've moved away from being, um, trying to be like this online entrepreneur that creates a lot of courses to more, we finally found our, our one specific topic, which is personal branding, which, um, now we are going to go all in creating content for and trying to create the best possible content around personal branding. So the thing that I'm struggling the most with is trying to figure out the most consistent thing that we can do mm-hmm. in the content world in order to build our engagement. So we were talking the, uh, yesterday about, you know, I want to start doing videos. I think videos are the thing that's really going to put us over the top when it comes to content. The podcast is good. Newsletter is good, blog is good, but I think videos are really what's where it's at right now uh, and the next step of what we need to tackle. And so if we're going to do video, we should do it consistently. We shouldn't just post one once in a while. You and shouldn't? So... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't look at my videos. <laughs> well, and well, so the timestamp. So, so this is what is in reference to on the board here. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I think this is Andy Warhol, unless I'm completely misquoting this, but it's um, every day, once in a lifetime, or not at all. Mm-hmm. So if you do something once and you make a big epic deal about it, that's fantastic. If you do it every single day, then people, it becomes part of someone's routine or it becomes such a huge body of work that people are drawn to it. 
Yeah. And they can't um, ignore it. And they can't ignore it. It's always there. Like right. his, he was a hoarder his entire life. He kept yeah. everything. And now there's entire museums dedicated to just going through his shit. <laughs> and like not that's literally shit, but li- his stuff. Yeah. No, there's there's like no, dead food. animals that and stuff food. in there. There's <laughs> rotted food in there. And like literal, it's it's he was a hoarder. Yeah. And okay. So, fair enough. Yeah. And so like, but that's every day he hoarded all of his stuff, and now it's an insane amount of art that you can't even go through. Yeah. Now it's called art. Yeah. It's in, he boxed up everything. His dead animals are art. Yeah. Everything. That's man. It's cool. Yeah. It's insane. And so, but the point is I that he did it every day. He didn't say, "Oh, I have an idea for something to do. I'll get to it, maybe." Wait, is there an audience for it? I don't know. Uh, and like, like I think that's what kills our momentum. Is like we say we we say, all right, we're gonna make videos, and then three days later we're like, remember that video thing? Yeah. And like we never make a video, and so I, I there's there's a consistency aspect that I think I'm struggling with right now. Yeah. Um, and it's only gonna get harder in the coming months. I would love, so I can support you in that, but just by saying, I would love to see videos. So there's an audience of one at least, and the listeners <laughs> sure. on this podcast, I'm sure, who would love, I mean, but that, and that's sort of the, I think you guys translate really well the video. Like, I would love it. I would love it. I would share it. I would love it. So you should do it. You will do it. Yeah. So that's my offer. Um, are you going to take a video? I'm going to start videoing. Okay. Might as well. <laughs> All right. I mean, here we are in the studio. In the doing studio, video. doing video, video, just like we said podcast. we would. Video while podcasting. <laughs> so, meta. so meta. That's the train. Well, it's not there right it, now. It That's the, the window train. we closed. This is the microphone. Right. This is going to be awful for the recording. <laughs> hey, everybody. We'll post this online. Yeah. Well, the idea, anyways, behind that, the way, if that is the Warhol thing, is um, it's got to be a regular interval of something, yeah. or it has to be a. Once in a lifetime. Yeah, this was one time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just if, to be clear. And that's why, like, yeah. you know, like our podcast is every Monday. I mean, that's close to the every day. But the idea is that there is a, like, you can expect it to yeah. hit your phone every Monday. Yeah. Or hit your inbox every Monday. And it's become part of many people's routines as a result, which is awesome. Um, yeah. And, like, to the point where we took a few-week break uh, in the beginning of March between season three and this season. Yeah, yeah. And... When we came back, people were like, oh my God, thank you. I've been waiting for this. And we're like, we probably shouldn't keep people waiting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or, I don't know. Right. But yes. But but there's a danger with, especially with something like a podcast, if it's not updated regularly, people will delete it off of their phone. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that's where you get the... Yeah. In general, you get sporadicism in people's creative pursuits. Because they do something once, they think hey, either that's enough or that they can never do that, like anything related to that again because they've talked about it once. We are 50-something episodes into this show, and we have talked about the same types of principles over and over again because they keep coming up. And people aren't tuning us out because of that. In fact, they're listening more right. because you've got to hear something several times for that message to stick. Mm-hmm. And there's always a different spin or a different take you have on something. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's that's the importance is on the consistency aspect. Just to go back to the yeah, if like it's gonna be video, it's like one every four months is is like it's gonna get two views. Yeah. 
Do you, how do you, so Martin voiced his struggle, we hear you, we're supporting you. Thank you. But how will you support each other in like the video, like making sure the video, making sure the podcast happens? So I was fortunate enough to bear witness to how the podcast works here today, where you were coming from physically, geographically, where you were coming from energy, spiritually, whatever. And like, but you show up and you do it. Mm-hmm. Like regardless of what's happened before or after you show up and do it. Yeah. And so how did you, how do you guys as partners hold each other accountable to do, to do it? I think the fact that there's a guest is what holds us accountable to the podcast. Got it. I don't necessarily think it's us holding each other accountable. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. Okay. Got it. That's the problem? Yeah. Because that's why we don't hold ourselves accountable to other things. But because I'm involved and you don't want me to... Or yeah. I guess to be... Oh, yeah. We, we don't if you had like, said... You went out of your way. Yeah. If you had said, we had a meeting right now that I didn't put on your calendar, I would have said, sorry. <laughs> but you were I coming mean, all the way out. Yeah. So yeah. I caught a cab. Yeah. You do what you got to do. Yeah. Because I think that's a really... Especially for solopreneurs who are a lot of the people that either I'm working with right now or who they want to become, you know, to hold yourself, to support yourself, but to also find the support to make a video every day, to record a podcast, it's all negotiable. It feels negotiable. So I think it's interesting with support, just coming back to the original kind of question, is to think about like, how can, what kind of support can you build? That's called, I mean, it's accountability, basically. Mm-hmm. And like, is your mom gonna hold you? No, probably not, like are your friends, but just like who, how do you build that piece in? Because the stuff that we put off you know, it's not the deadline stuff. Like when we have a deadline, we're like, yeah, we got this. But yeah. when it's the stuff that doesn't really matter, because like if you do or don't do video, I mean, what are the consequences, right? Yeah, because like, then you just default to doing the thing that you're most comfortable doing. So like that's right. right now, the thing I'm most comfortable doing, so I've been doing it the longest, is updating the website. So I've relaunched our website in a day and a half. So of course that's easy for me. I don't need a deadline to do that. Right. But to come up with a new daily video series yeah i get stuck there yeah and i relate to that so you know one of the struggles that i was going to say was more about self-care but i would relate to content as a struggle my whole thing is like how does this message i'm going to convey fit into the bigger picture and until i know what the bigger picture is then i can't give the message so i need an editorial calendar i need to sketch this out it needs to be weeks out months out Mm -hmm. a year out and then before i know it right like too much a month has gone by before I've done a video yeah. because I want it to, you know, be fit into something. Yeah. Well, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally does. And I think it is this podcast, regardless of if he, let's say he knew about the meet that we were doing this and it wasn't not on, it was on his calendar, but he was still just coming from somewhere else and running mm-hmm. late. It'd still be the same thing. Like we, it's just so routine for us now. Cause we just, yeah, we're 50 something episodes in at this point. Yeah. And it's not hard for us to do this podcast. This is the easiest thing we do, in fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just having conversations with people. And I think because we got to a point of regularity with it, it's like there's no, it, it's not immovable unless it's like the most like dire circumstance or mm-hmm. the guest cancels for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And there's not much thought that has to go into it at this point in terms of like what. Like, like, you know, we don't even have notebooks out. We have no talking. I have a notebook out. I haven't looked at it, but I have one. 
we have no talking points for this. And that's how we've kind of always done it. But yeah. um, the original, like it, it took us maybe a month of talking about a podcast first to ultimately just be like, screw it. Let's, I'm going to record a conversation without him knowing. And all right, well, we can do a podcast. Yeah. Used to record it on a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's, I think, it, it's almost like, it's you got to get past the inertia. Yeah, and once totally. you do, and it, it's different for everyone, like what that inertia is. But once you do, then you get into the motions of it. Mm-hmm. But there's, I think, naturally to get started, there's going to be by default some type of planning that takes place mm-hmm. um, that prevents a person from starting. Mm-hmm. But then once you start, you just keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think we've structured it in a way to where it's never a burden for us to do this. Like like the editing on this, as you've heard and our listeners know, is so minimal. <laughs> as you will find out with this episode. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, you know, it takes me a couple hours a week to edit, just yeah. so I can like, do the intro. Like the intro takes me a couple takes usually, getting the yeah. intro song, outro song, and the volume levels and all that. Yeah. Um, and then if we ever throw in like a Seinfeld reference, I'll throw in a clip of that, for instance. Yeah. Um, but it's not like a This American Lifestyle podcast yeah. where we've got to go out and interview 10 people just to get Produce. 10 seconds of content. Yeah. Um, well, and that's the hurdle because if we commit to video, we need to both be there. Like if, if for some reason I'm traveling, I can still do this via Skype. Yeah. And so it makes it very simple to organize it. Like people can be anywhere in the world, but video, you need to be in the same room. Otherwise it's a Skype video, in which case... We've done that and we hated it. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is a matter of just getting started. Um, and then it's also a matter of like, I think video is a bigger commitment and that's why less people do it. And that's why it's going to be more impactful. So we just need to figure out what that is. Yeah. Um, the other thing too is whatever the first thing is does not have to be <laughs> it forever. Mm-hmm. It can change. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's you know that's what we tell people. It's just a matter of us doing it ourselves now. Like I always use the example of that '70s show, uh-huh. and basically any take any TV show. The first episode of that '70s show was a different uh, version of "Hanging Out Down the Street" as the theme song, and everything they put into the show was let's just really amp up the fact that this is the '70s. Like they they packed everything about the seventies as much as possible, and then yeah. as it unfolded, it just became a normal show that happened to be set in the seventies, and it was all more it was more about the relationship between Eric and Donna and Kelso and Jackie than it was anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, and I but I say that as an example that like the first take is yeah. not the commitment. Yeah. It can change. It can grow. Like the first Seinfeld episode, the pilot sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and George's character is all over the place, like trying to be so Woody Allen-like. Yeah. Mm. Until they found their sweet spot. Yeah. Who are you, George Costanza? I'm the opposite of every guy you've ever met. 
yeah, permission granted to like not know how it ends. I mean, just to start. And I think that that's wildly uncomfortable mm-hmm. for humans. I mean, I just do. I think like just start and then like how does this fit into everything else? So I'm giving myself some grace with like the struggle of it. And also just sort of proud that like I put out a couple videos, right? Like, Damn okay, right. like not every day, Damn so far, right. like once a month, right? Like, I don't know how Andy Warhol would feel about that. But it's Whatever. like, he's not around. Anymore. He's not around. Um, Can't you. <laughs> that's right. Don't you judge me, Andy Warhol. We've got more with Emily Drake in just a moment. But first, let's pause for a second and talk about what makes a truly dope personal brand. A truly dope personal brand is one that creates lifetime value. So for instance, let's take this podcast. Every time you tune in, that's us creating value for you. And in order for you to create value for people you care about, you've got to go from being just a spectator or a participant in things you enjoy to being a creator, to producing things that other people want and care about and look to you for your guidance and leadership. That's what a dope personal brand is about. And if that sounds appetizing to you, then we want you in the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. That's our 10-week online personal brand bootcamp where you get lifetime membership to not only the course, but our amazing growing community of rock stars. In fact, Claudia just posted in our group, I just want to give a quick thank you to Martin and Raj for the quality of this class. It has been great and motivating. My initial expectation was that it would help me work on my branding and figure out my why, but I got much more out of it. I love the positivity and support of this group. So if you want to work on your personal brand, if you want to build a truly dope personal brand and have a voice in your field with a following who loves you, go to www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com and apply to join our class. Again, www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Back now to our conversation with Emily Drake. But yeah, I think like part of it is, you know, working in partnership, which I do too. I have a business partner and, um, you know, holding each other accountable like is something that I might want from him, but he may not be available to do. So that's something where I have to start involving other people. Mm-hmm. And as a new entrepreneur, I built my own accountability group. I meet with two guy, wonderful guys every week. One is a solopreneur and one is, has a full-time job in another startup. And like, just come correct with like, this is what I'm struggling with. And what do you guys think about it? And I actually, as a woman specifically picked men mm. to have in my accountability group. Because I felt like the gender differences just naturally, I was looking for support that was more sort of like um, direct and more and less about like enabling me, not enabling, but like holding me through something and more about like pushing me through something. And that, so that's interesting um, Mm -hmm. to think about like when you're curating, which is kind of how, I actually think about the Brady Bunch tiles when I think about like an advisory board or a support group. Just to, like, stay firmly not in this decade, but that's how many show, Brady Bunch, but, like, who are my tiles? And as I think when stuff comes up for me, it's, like, who can I call on in, my t- in like, my Brady Bunch scene um, that is really an expert in this or has a different point of view than me or... And it's been a cobbling together. It is literally, like, cur- a curation process and being really intentional about that. So I'd be curious, like, what, what both of you have put in... Because obviously you support each other. Partners support each other. And by the way, you know, leaving a full-time job to like go out on my own would have been a completely different story than to join a startup that Mm -hmm. had been established and in a partnership. So I think for people who are thinking about like leaving a job to do their thing, you don't just have to like go do it on your own. Like you could join something that's already, right? So 
Yeah. I feel like in some ways I have a little bit of like, well, it wasn't as risky as you might think it was. Um, but it's still, you know, anyway, yeah. that's a sidebar, but. Well, what, what was your question? My question was your support squad. Like, how did you curate it and who's on it? And like, how, yeah. Yeah. So we've got. Other mastermind. than each other. We've got our mastermind partnership, us two and uh, Ben Austin, who's been on our show before was a former student of ours and that came out of like he was just like so fun to so much fun and he was so committed mm-hmm. as a, when he was a student of ours that we're like he's only going to help us get better and vice yeah. versa if we continue to stay yeah. closely connected yeah and a lot of it too is i think different from martin ben thinks different from me and martin mm-hmm. uh, and we think different from him yeah. so like that that's a huge part of it like i know like to go back to i mentioned levi before from coffee and conversation he's been a guest on this show at one point he had brought up to me like the potential of being mastermind partners and i was like i don't think it would work because we are like like personality type wise like myers-briggs like we're only one letter off yeah like i'm enfp i think he's enfj uh-huh. or tp or something like that and I was like, I don't, I don't like, we, we see the world in exactly the same way and Mm. we're just going to like rah, rah each other way too much for us to ever really get anything worthwhile done. Mm Got to be careful with that. Yeah. Yeah. The you go, go, rah, rah. Yeah. Mm. So that's part of it. Uh, I mean, the one we have with Ben and then besides that, it's really, it's like, um, and I would say this is probably my quality more than yours is like, I have just always placed an emphasis on developing relationships with people who I find interesting and valuable and want to provide value to. So like, um, like I mentioned our friend Daniel in LA, like I had to call him real quick to ask him something that was really important. Mm-hmm. And he's a super busy dude. But I was like, did you have like four minutes? And he was like, yeah, I have exactly four minutes. And then we, <laughs> we FaceTimed in the pouring rain. It's <laughs> <That's> romantic. <laughs> FaceTime in the pouring rain. <laughs> Song if you like pina colada <laughs> and FaceTime in, in the rain. rain. people like him and I, I have different people mm-hmm. I will like kind of tap into as necessary and vice versa mm-hmm. a lot of that I think has just come from finding people who are doing things I respect and that I enjoy and who I would like you know, be nice to be a friend who have a friend as a friend getting in touch with them in some way or another I mean largely the fact that we've always been building things and it's easier to meet people when you are building things mm-hmm. um in fact, earlier today I was editing the Sam Trump episode, and on that you mentioned you're like I think it's bullshit that people say it's hard to make friends as an adult. Mm-hmm. It's not if you just create things that are interesting that other people want to be part of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, so that's been, that's always been the thing I think that has allowed us to just meet people and, and make friendships wherever you know we want to and need to. Yeah. Um, and then I think also as part of that, it is. Uh, the fact that we have never really like gone into scenarios and only been strictly business all the time. Mm-hmm. So like everyone we come across gets a pretty good window into our personality. Mm-hmm. And like this podcast is a great example of it. So like Thomas Edwards, who's been on our show before, is now a good friend of mine. Like we talk, we text each other about WWE wrestling 
five times a week because our podcast allowed us to like, I, I didn't know he was into wrestling prior to that podcast and I didn't know him very well before that podcast. Yeah. And then it came up and he was like, dude, I'm into wrestling too. And then now we like, we talk every week about it and he came back and visited Chicago and we all went to the museum together. Like that's the type of stuff that I think is how you start to build those friendships and support networks when it's just, you're more than just like the role or the job that you happen to be playing. What, even if it is your own business, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you have some personality and flavor to, you know, and, and you, you come across as a person more than anything else. Yeah. That was long-winded, but I hope that accentuates or illustrates the point. Yeah, absolutely. How about how are you different or the same? Um, I'm, I'm fairly different. I, as much as I wish I could do those things, I tend not to because um, I'm much more... Even with the improv? Yeah, I, I find it really hard to. Oh, I mean, because I know you were doing. Yeah, that's something you've chosen well, to do to like really. Because the improv thing, like, so even with that, the best way I could think of to start forming relationships with people in improv was yeah. to create a project. So the way that I always think about things is, unless I'm building something with you, yeah. I, I feel like I'm wasting your time if I reach out, and so that's. You call it character flaw, you call it whatever, but it's the way I grew up. You just don't bother people um, because it's bothersome. And um, so one of the things that, that has happened, though, is that the people that I do keep in touch with, because we've had a lot of conversations about, like, networks and keeping up with networks and creating, like, CRM systems and all that different stuff and, you know, fun. But... Um, at the end of the day, the people that I do keep in touch with, it, it might be a smaller group, but it's a very, very open and honest conversation and calling each other out on bullshit group. And so that's the thing that I really appreciate. Like I have a friend uh, from my first job years ago who like, he's the one that called me out on all my BS that got me to end up quitting my first job. Like he's like, you either stop complaining or you do something like, otherwise we're going to stop hanging out because this is really annoying. Uh, with you complaining and like that set a tone of like whenever we hit a point where we're where we're going off the rails we have to we have to call each other out mm -hmm. and um i have like a weekly call with uh with grant who listens hey grant how are you uh <laughs> and like we we always say it's like all right half hour call on sunday and it ends up turning into like a three and a half hour call of us like going really deep on every idea in, until we figure out exactly what it is we're trying to say and, and get across. And so, like, I really, I, I'm someone who much more appreciates really long, deep conversations mm -hmm. um, rather than, like, breaking up the middle of someone's day for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, like, if I, I have that whole thing in my head, it's like, if you interrupt someone, it takes them a half hour to get back into whatever they were doing. Yeah. So if I just interrupt someone, I'm throwing their day off. And it's just something that I always go back and forth on in my head it's not good or i guess it is good or bad it's both and and it has its pros and cons two yeah. things i want to say about that i want to get your opinion on the second thing emily is so uh, i think what also has enabled you to be like that is the fact that you do have me to go out and like you know like plant these mm -hmm. seeds everywhere and meet different people and then you kind of meet them as i meet them on, <laughs> on almost every scenario and it's just like usually I'll maintain the stronger relationship with them because that's how I am. Yeah, and I would say most of them, like, it's kind of like how we've never met Jared of under 30 yeah. experiences. Like, he's, like, there. We know he's there, but I've never seen him. We've stayed in his apartment, but I've never met the guy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, 
Like I know I've seen his shirts. I'm assuming he's a cardboard cutout. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think like I'm not on the, you know, intro to this or anything like that. So I'm like kind of this mysterious person in the background, which I think video might change, but yeah. um But I I'm I'm bringing that up to say you might have I don't even say it's a bad thing, I'm just saying you might act differently if if there wasn't someone else who was getting and finding people and whatnot. Oh, absolutely. Well, one of the reasons I don't reach out is because I, uh, so like with, with certain people that we've had on the podcast, I'm not going to, if you're already the main point of contact, like it's weird to have two people coming at them mm -hmm. for one thing. So I already, like I already naturally have the don't reach out, don't bother people. Mm -hmm. And then you're already doing it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like completely hands off. Yeah. Like if it's a, if it's a relationship I need to maintain because you're not involved, I need to maintain that. Mm -hmm. And so it is, I guess that does add an even, an even bigger buffer yeah. of, of content. I don't know if it's a bad thing. I'm just saying like... It's just a thing. Yeah. Because yeah. the second thing I want to bring up, and Emily, I want to get your take on this. What if is, I want to give a take on that? Please do. Okay. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> um, but I is, might, I might. Is, but yes, please. Is the family thing, or the upbringing thing, which I think mm. is a huge factor in all of this too, in terms of finding support and asking for help, is... Like you said, like your upbringing was don't bother people because people don't want to be bothered. My upbringing, or at least that's what I took from my upbringing. Sure. I don't, I don't know if my other, you know, other family members would agree with that. But <laughs> um, my upbringing was being on like vacation in a, in India at a jewelry store in India. My dad seeing this guy walk in saying with, with like two bodyguards saying that looks a lot like the former Mexico president Vicente Fox. Mm. I think it is. I'm gonna go say hi to him. Mm -hmm. And me witnessing my dad walk up to Vicente Fox and say, pardon me, are you Vicente Fox? See? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you mind if we get a picture? See? <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Uh, like well, that. I thought you were saying C. No, like S-I, like yes. C? Yeah, S-I. C? See, it's him. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, right. And that's, that's, the, that's what I've had and what I've gleaned, you know, in my upbringing is those kinds of interactions. So for me, you know, probably to a fault sometimes, I don't feel like I'm ever bothering someone. Mm -hmm. I feel like, well, just so I'll come back to that, I promise. I just want to make an observation just of the two of you and having talked to you and sort of individually, but also getting to know you as a team. Like, this is a good commentary on support, but also on partnerships. Like, we need to be seeking out the person who's sort of not maybe not the polar opposite, but who brings the compliment. And part of what, you know, Todd and I, as partners at Plank, you know, we both have really strong relationship building skills and thrive in building relationships. I would call his style, um, well, I, I would just, let me name my style. I don't want to name his. I don't know how I would call it. But mine is like farming. It's deep, right? Like you plant that seed and then it, go, it keeps going and going and going and not in an abusive way and not in an oppressive way, but definitely like I'm there for you and I will check back in with you and I will walk with you until we don't walk together anymore. Um, and that I thrive in that versus what I would, I guess, building, like just the building process, like getting it in place and then letting it go. Um, so I think it's cool when partners find each other and can complement each other and have grace around like, this is my preference. This is my preference. And we kill it together because yeah. we're awesome. That allows it to work. quite. It allows honestly. it Because if work. we're both spending all our time just reaching out to people, right. yeah. we'll never get anything done. Right, <laughs> right. And then the upbringing thing, I think, you know, I'm an only child um, and I actually prefer introversion, which is my personality. So definitely happy to like be out in the world, but then definitely need to not be. 
And I think like as it relates to support squad, I'm definitely probably trend more toward Martin, which is to say, I'm not super selective up front, but the selection, the funnel gets pretty small as I decide like who's on my Brady Bunch tiles, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I'm wide open and that has changed a lot. I used to be like, you know what? I am not taking any more applications. I do not need to meet anyone else. I am good to go. And that didn't get me very far. But I, I experienced meeting with other people as being like a drain mm-hmm. versus life-giving. And that's changed because of how I've changed and yeah. how I've evolved. But yeah, like my upbringing is like, if you're an only child, I mean, there's one way to make friends. There's one way to have community and have fun. And that is to be like, hey, Vicente, is that you? Can we go play? You know, Um, and that, so I would, whether or not, and I'm sure there's only children out there who would be like, ah, well, that was not my experience. Mm -hmm. Not speaking for all only children, but I do think sort of how we're, how we're both have it modeled for us um, and how we have success and failure in that helps us think about how we ask for help and support and mm-hmm. get the right people. So with that said, and uh, I am a therapist, by the way, <laughs> so I do know some things about that. <laughs> Not much, but, but can you walk <laughs> us through, I guess the, your, I guess your mental state or like, what was the process? Cause to reach out to us, I think you had talked to Carlin. Yeah. Or did Carlin tell you you have to meet us? How did, like, what happened yeah. at Startup Institute? Yeah. So I ran into Carlin. Um, first of all, I met her in my last job virtually. Tried to get together, didn't happen. Uh, and then I found myself over at 1871 for Startup Institute's big, like, day where everybody pitches, pitch mm-hmm. day. And I, I saw her and I was like, that's Carlin. So I need to go like, be like, I'm sorry, I'm such a douche that I canceled. And then she'd be like, I'm sorry, I can't. I mean, it's just that whole thing that we yeah. probably need to stop apologizing for and just be like, thank you for your patience. Like, this is hard to schedule stuff, right? Am I right? way to reframe it. Am I right? Yeah. Am you, I right? Thank yeah. you for your patience. Thank you for your patience. Um, she was not feeling well that day. And I was just like, are you all right? And so we had a moment. We connected. Anyway, long story could be longer. I found her in 1871 one day and I was like, I need help. I was like, are you available to talk for like just a second? She being who she is was like, absolutely. I said, I am new to this. I I think at that point it was like 30 days into like, just like getting used to like waking up and living in a new, completely new way, Mm -hmm. completely new, Um, which is wildly exciting and also terrifying. And I was like, I need, I need a squad. I need to find the right support to talk about, you know, stuff that maybe like Todd and I will talk about, but like, maybe it's about Todd that I want to talk about, or maybe it's about, you know, my husband and I could talk about, but maybe it's about him or maybe just like about me. I need, I I'm sort of done with like, not taking up space. Like I want to take up space. And I think I've just worked on the self-love jam enough to kind of like feel like I'm worth that. So like how, where do I find these women who have our founders or partners and can talk through like, yeah, S Corp LLC with an S Corp filing. Like how do we, do you guys know what we're talking? And for whatever reason, I felt very strongly I wanted it to be women. So that's how I met you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So that wouldn't be the first time. (laughs) So that led to Carlin actually very sweetly sent out three emails, two to women, one to you guys. Uh, in the in the frame of like who would be good people for Emily to meet that have been through this before. This I think kind of, together we right? make up one woman. <laughs> yes. Will you have Maybe. two X chromosomes <laughs> together, right? Boom. So there you go. Yeah. 
so that's how that happened. And I, you know, it was, I love the way she introduced us and I love just the willingness and the openness of like, yeah, we'll meet with you. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's time and you guys don't have a lot of time. Nobody has a lot, but I think making time for stuff like that, if you're really like jamming with people or impossibility thinking is the best use of time. Yeah. So, and now we're here and I don't know what's next or how we'll help each other in the future. But I'm, I mean, it's so energizing. I came in here in a completely different mindset than how I feel now. And I knew I would. And that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you haven't looked at your notes once. No, I mean, I knew, this is just for me. For This is like having like... She's like, oh, I memorized it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a rote conversation. I've rehearsed this many times. But this is old stuff. I mean, this is like, this is like, this is, this will be deconditioned out of me at some point. Yeah. But it's still how I choose to move. And I think, I also want to take seriously like being a part of this. And like, what do you, how can I help, right? Um, but there is something I think, especially for women and just like trusting, like you have within you, what you need to like show up and do what you need to do. Yeah. So that, yeah. And I, I would like to know more about kind of the woman's perspective on this stuff. Cause we always yeah. have the male perspective and naturally when there's a woman on the show that whatever perspective is automatically a woman's perspective. But one episode we did with Gina Cohen on, um, imposter syndrome Mm. she kind of like right off the bat she was like i think as a female it's harder because of these reasons Mm. and we haven't gotten that besides her one episode Mm. so i want to just dig more into that like Mm. the female perspective on these things Mm. and is it something that is inherently harder to be reaching out to people to be asking for support as a woman or is maybe easier Mm -hmm. um I would say most men probably have the, I'm, I should already know this, I'm too good to be asking for help. Mm. Um, but then I would say women have the, and this is a total generalization, so I don't know if I'm right on this, but women might have the, is it okay for me to be bothering someone? Mm. So, I mean, what, what do you think about that? What's my experience, maybe? Um... Garbage trucks here. Um, <laughs> if there's one consistent theme in our podcast, it's that the garbage is being taken out in the background. I think it's a metaphor pretty strongly. Yeah. Um, pretty I feel solid. like I'm shedding yes. some of my garbage right yes. now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yes, getting the junk out. <laughs> Taking it all out. Right. It, it might be recycling. Side. We don't know. Oh. Right? Not in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I think it all goes to the landfill. Yeah, it all goes to the river. Sad or the river. <laughs> Um, as far as reaching out for support, yeah, absolutely. I find it absolutely, much, absolutely it's hard, it's hard. Okay. and it's hard because sharing the struggle is hard. And I think sharing the struggle is the support that we need. Mm-hmm. And on the flip side, I have a harder time finding people who are, or like being with the people who will really celebrate with me. I think women have a good shot at finding people to be in the depths with. Like this, the tough stuff, like the people that are really going to be like, yeah, and get really excited for you are harder to find. Yeah. So yeah, I think because what is required to grow is to share the struggle and be like, oh, wait, you mean I'm not unique? Because um, we all live in that place of like, I am the first person to experience this problem. And so I'm, I'm alone and isolated and I better just figure it out on my own. Um, that is, that may not, I don't think it's unique to women, but I do see it in a lot of women, including myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that just admitting that you 
could use help or that could use support. I think that's a big thing for everyone, mm-hmm. you know, gender non-specific. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, in the past week or so is something that I've had to just kind of admit with, you know, this change in business direction to kind of bring it back to being our fun as hell creative platform is I had to like say to myself, the only thing I know is that I don't know. And I think for too long, I lived under the mindset of, I know what I'm, I know exactly what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. if I don't know what I'm doing, I will find, uh, I will figure a way out. Um, And I'm not supposed to be like, like it's not the entrepreneur way to ask someone else or it's like only to an extent, you know? Um, And now I think I've just kind of embraced just with everything. The only thing I know is that I don't know. And and it almost makes it more fun. Yeah. You're like, what do I get to learn next? Yeah. Well, it's such bullshit. It's like entrepreneurs don't sleep. Or like, you know, entrepreneurs are in it for themselves or, you know, I mean, like at any cost, at any cost. And it's just such bullshit, I think. I sleep. I need to sleep, quite frankly. And there's a whole revolution about that thing, starting on Huffington, but yeah. Well, it's sort of required for living. Um, um, basic need, I don't sorta. know. Sort of. Yeah. Uh, and kind of going off the I don't know thing. The only thing I know is that I yeah. don't know. I, I, I kind of, the way I've been thinking about it is like, I will not know everything ever. Mm. And that helps me stop trying to know everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with our business, I'm like, I'm just, we've gone through so many different business models and tried so many different things, but then never gone deep on them and all that stuff that we've been going through that I'm like, I'm done even trying to figure out that answer. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm moving on to a new question mm-hmm. because that not only do I not know the answer, I have a feeling I'm not going to find it anytime soon. So I need to start asking a different question. And that's one of the things that I've been trying to figure out for myself is what are the things that I'm supposed to be learning Mm -hmm. instead of just like, I can learn anything, even if I don't know it right now, it's like, no, I won't know everything. So what are the things that I'm actually going to figure out? Mm -hmm. And taking that approach, I think has helped me narrow my focus quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not knowing is fundamental. I mean, that's just sort of, it's like, in some ways it's like, duh. Yeah. What do we ever look, we're not going to get that meta, but like, what do we really know anyway? Um, and I think you don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me. Um, exactly. Um, <laughs> I really feel like like stay humble. It was one of the things as I was thinking about this, like just this idea of support. So much of it is about humility, which is so absent mm-hmm. in this space. And when I say this space, I mean like the people running businesses out here, like, and the people who are humble are so attractive and awesome. Like you guys, awesome and like willing and it's just so refreshing because it's you know you have to stay humble to be like i don't know and to think about like how we can support other people and being okay with like not knowing really is really exciting because i think from not knowing we stay open Mm -hmm. and when we stay open it's like what could be yeah you know and that's the excitement like that's why we're all doing this is because there's possibility right even on the humble aspect though i will call myself out on overall yes i'm a pretty humble person but there were some times over the past eight ten months where 
I would be like, I actually still remember saying to Martin, um, maybe towards the end of last summer or the fall, like, I think we've outgrown coffee and conversation, that meetup group. Oh, yeah. And like, and what was I making? What was I making that the basis of mm-hmm. that we had sold a handful of copies of a beta course and that we had an idea for a business model moving forward? And coffee and conversation is filled with a lot of people who are super cool. It's like it's like half have all their shit figured out. Not all, but like half are like running successful businesses. The other half are like aspiring entrepreneurs or in like yeah. the what's next phase. And I was like, oh, well, we've gotten past the what's next or like the figuring it out kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I think we've outgrown that. Which we group. totally hadn't. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I think right. it, it was Spoiler like, yeah. it's like you. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It's like, you know, the little bit of success, it was, I kind of led myself to believe, like, oh, yeah, we're in a different tier of people now. It's like, no, it's not true at all. And I think the the company of people you want to be in is is your company of people. Yeah. But I would even call myself out on the humility aspect that I think for a while I let. Sure. I had a lack of humility. Well, it's that new movie Pop Star that's coming out. Have you guys seen the trailer no, for it? Tell me it's like everything. Bieber esque. It's uh, yeah, it's Andy Samberg in the Lonely uh, Island. I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> Say no more. And like he actually has it's like it's like seven holograms of him next to him, and it says humble in the background. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. It's so good. <laughs> we have a hologram of Adam Levine. It's so expensive. <laughs> Yeah, I like I feel like humility is not a bad word. Like it's a good it's a good thing to stay connected to. And this, you know, this idea of like being around um like being around people you want to be like. I think that's a pretty simple way to think about mm-hmm. a support squad. Like if you're going to build a team that's going to shepherd you through this change and you're going to activate them intentionally, like who has what you want? Yeah. And not just from like, you know, like, you know, the Tesla and the house on the North shore, if that's what you're into, like, but financially is certainly something right. And then there's also like lifestyle and like how they move in the world and like, how are they living? And, you know, part of what I admire about both of you is that you are doing things that you're passionate about and you're doing lots of different things. And I think like, you know, there's some real merit in being a Renaissance man or in being an artist and an improv and a businessman. And like, being interesting. I mean, I think that's compelling. Um, but yeah, like who who has what you want? Like uh, for yourself, like how, who's going to help me be a better woman, not just a better like entrepreneur, you know? Yeah. Well, and that brings up the point, which we haven't really talked about yet, but we talk about often in our workshops and our material mm-hmm. is if you are around people who bring you down, you will never rise up. Mm-hmm. And I know that different personal experiences but it you know let's say you want to change jobs if you're only ever with people who complain about their jobs and don't think of solutions mm-hmm. you will not be the one to stand up and be like solution time or it's very rare that you will or let's say you really like your job and the only people you hang around with they all hate their jobs and only talk about that you will not feel comfortable talking about the cool thing that happened at work today you may even lie about yeah. something and make and be like, oh yeah, this happened, even though it didn't, just to not upset the group. Right. And that's such a huge component. One of the biggest factors in a person's, I think, just success is if 
because none of this stuff should be done solo. Even mm-hmm. if you're a solo entrepreneur, it's like you, you find the support network, right? Yep. Um, yep. But if the people who are around you are not trying to accomplish similar things or are not focused on similar things or are not interested in helping you in your pursuit, mm-hmm. it is a massive, massive, like it's, all, it's already an uphill climb regardless, but now you've made it like a 90 degree climb. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think mm-hmm. going off that, it's like, there's also different types of support. As you said earlier, there's the rah-rah and then there's the push you through. And I think one of the big things um, as you're looking, because we're all, unless you're living in a woods somewhere, completely isolated by yourself, you're around people. And those people are going to ask you questions about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And those questions are going to be very telling about what type of person that is. And so if their question is, well, how is that going to work? There's two ways to ask that question. How is that going to work? And let's keep digging. Or the how is that going to work? As in, no, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that the difference between the way people ask you questions makes a it can be very revealing as to what their intentions are. And so one of the things that I've, I've been very aware of in the past year is when someone says, like, how are you accomplishing X, Y, or Z? Or like, that's your goal. Like, how are you getting there? Yeah. Um, being very aware of what they're actually asking and, and seeing, is this actually the type of conversation that benefits what I'm trying to accomplish or doesn't benefit what I'm trying to accomplish? Because my, my friend who's been my you know accountability partner or in California, his name's or I didn't just say or California. Um, <laughs> this whole state. Yeah. Uh, Got you back. Yeah. Like his whole thing is like, he asks like, well, how's that going to work? But he doesn't ask it in like yeah, yeah. a, don't do it. He asks it in a, explain to me specifically because I'm not letting you get away with saying a dream without telling me how that dream's going to come true. Mm-hmm. A goal that. without a plan is a wish. That's right. Yeah. We've had many wishes. <laughs> <laughs> and a wish is a fish. Yeah. Um, and that, and never also catch. to that That's point great, too, Marty. it's what helps is looking, not only getting the outside perspective, but outside of whatever just specific field you're in. Because mm-hmm. Oris' thing is he's made a killing on as an Amazon reseller, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't know the day-to-day of our type of business, but he knows how to, what works well in there and he's had success there. So he, he like there are certain things that he can impart onto us that we wouldn't be thinking about otherwise. More so the personal development. It, it's like the accountability aspect. Yeah. I said something this week. It's been a month and I haven't done it. He's going to ask why. And I, where I, I say, this is our idea moving forward. And then two months later, I'm like, this is our idea moving forward. He's like, those are different ideas. What the hell's going on? Like someone who will actually be like, you're not making sense. <laughs> well, that's the point. That, like, I don't think he has that wisdom unless he's in like a different thing where it's like, this is the one thing I'm doing. Like he may have fallen into the multiple idea thing if he was doing something similar to us. But he's able to, because he's got a different experience level, be able to call that out. But that's where I'll call out everyone else that we've talked to about our business over the past four years who hasn't called us out on us being completely scattered. <laughs> not everyone is talking to them. In the I'm just saying. Before. It's like... Yeah, you, where were you guys? <laughs> What's up? Yeah. Yeah, but isn't that interesting? Because that's what we want. 
Like, I want people to come. I know. And and we we don't, but we do. We don't, but we do. Like, we want... So rare in my life. And my life got a lot bigger years ago after some changes I made. But it was like, my life used to be in a very... I'm I'm making a very small box gesture. um, Which meant that, like, I had things under control. um, There was very little room for error. um, And all the while, I wanted someone to say to me, like, you could do... Like, you could do more. Like, is this what you want to do? We want that pushback. And so it's like sort of blanket invitation to all listeners and everyone who ever comes across this podcast to challenge people you love. Like, challenge people you love. That's how you show them that you love them in some ways. I mean, because to not be honest is just withholding and it's not not love, right? So... To go back to what we were saying earlier, though, when people do push back and we're not ready to listen... Yeah. Now that's the situation that I'm going to call myself out on, which is the people that have said, that doesn't seem to make sense. And I go, it makes sense. It makes yeah, sense. You'll yeah. figure it out You'll later. You'll see. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and back to support networks. Like some people come at you with that and you're like, you have to be like, consider the source. Yeah. Right? Like consider the source. Do I take or leave this? Yeah. Take or leave. And that's our job as entrepreneurs is like, yeah, uh, the idealist is getting like, you know, high, right? Lot, a huge stack. And people have a lot of feedback, and you have to cipher it, too. And watch your own confirmation bias. Right. Because we will seek out the things that make us feel good. So if someone says, oh, that sounds amazing, Mm -hmm. we will take that one amazing and disregard five people who said that doesn't make sense. And that's why I have the Brady Bunch, because someone in there will say yes, and someone will say no, and ultimately it's up to me to make the decision. Because I'm not going to blame, you know, Carol for saying yes and Carol. then it didn't work out and then it's Carol. carol's fault no it's like i i i am i i own my shit um but it's great i mean just to have the sounding boards are is awesome yeah yeah all right so Raj, what's your struggle oh, okay. oh. we're kind of out of time but... you sent me on my journey <laughs> <laughs> all right fine we'll go along on this one uh i now have to embrace the idea that I am a entertainer and a performer before anything else and it's weird and scary because I've never lived that lifestyle before of like a true entertainer and performer because um, he like last week he was like I think you're just like bullshitting because you're scared that if someone asks you would you want to be like a full-time rapper you're like no I wouldn't want that lifestyle I think you're just like making that up because you don't want to admit that that's something you'd want to do because mm. you don't know what that lifestyle is like or mm. like because that's a different type of lifestyle and I, and I, I mean if you did and I was like yeah it's probably right because mm-hmm. um, I've got a you know if that is the path that I take or you know whatever I do it'll have some performance aspect to it right but mm-hmm. basically what I have come to grips with is that I will not likely have a solid like career path in the sense of like holding a job many years then holding another job many years and so on and so forth it will be like projects that I take on and, and don't and it's more of a uh, it's more of a freelance but it's more of a uh, entertainment based lifestyle mm-hmm. and, and like when I think about that it's like like literally the first thought that goes to my head is how do I explain that to my family Yep. And on top of that, 
like it i'm already like the first more or less in my culture to be doing what i'm doing um and now it's like oh you thought that was crazy <laughs> wait a minute, do i have a story right. for you <laughs> right right because uh, it, it really is like uncharted waters <clears throat> uncharted waters mm-hmm. and i think that's just like that is the fear and that's what i'm struggling with is I don't know yet what that looks like mm-hmm. and I also don't know yet how do we convey that mm-hmm. mm. that's the good fear because <laughs> it's like you're not going to not do it you're just right. going to be afraid while you're doing it yeah you know I think yeah like for me I'm like yeah I'm rub- you know rub my hands together like let's get going how do we help you how do we support like and I love what that you share that Martin like holds up the mirror and is like, here's what I see. And you were, I love that you said, not right now, did that connect for you? But like a couple of days later, he's like, yeah, probably right. Mm-hmm. Which is what like love and support looks like. Oh. <laughs> ah. love, love does not look like us too. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of love. A lot of love. A lot um, of love. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it does take a couple of days to like hit you and you, oh, gotta, yeah. you gotta think about it, but. And, and I say all this knowing full well, like I'll probably still have like a base thing that carries me for a while, but it, it's more of a, and I, it, I think this morning I was thinking about it as I start to uh, entertain some new, not offers, but opportunities, mm-hmm. um, is this type of a lifestyle is like, well, you're not really saving up for retirement anymore. Or like, there's no like, there's not really much like putting into like a 401k, but then I was like, but this type of lifestyle are people who do the thing until they die and they don't care because <laughs> they still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, man, it's fine. It's just like all these norms that you're used to yep. or that I'm used to, which I tabled for a while as we built this over the last you know year and a half. Um, naturally, the mindset goes to, okay, if we're making a shift, those things come back into play, but not necessarily. Mm-hmm. And especially with this type of mindset, um, or with this type of, you know, entertainer type lifestyle, like, you know, uh, like rappers aren't putting away for retirement and maybe, maybe they are right. Uh, but a lot of them aren't, but they're also going to be doing their things for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And they're not sitting here trying to like only do something until 65 mm-hmm. and then it's done. Mm-hmm. Like Paul McCartney is still playing music. Um, so yeah, I think it's... it's, it's He's older than 65. <laughs> <laughs> He's a machine. Um, yeah, there's no exit. There's yeah. no like end point and then I'm happy. Like you're like, you're you're going to just be happy now and probably keep being happy for a long time. Yeah. So At I least probably. There will be just like a longer yeah. navigating that period. Yeah. And what's funny is a few months ago, uh, one of my uh, parents' friends who like, he reads palms as a hobby. He's like, you're probably not going to have significant, he's like, your money line, like, you want to have significant wealth for, maybe until like your 40s. <laughs> and my mom was like, what? <laughs> Thanks, Palm Reader, for telling my business partner that. <laughs> but it makes sense. You know, at the time I was like, yeah, that makes sense because, and I still think it's true, but at the time I was like, that would make sense because most of the things I do, I just reinvest that money to like learn more of it or to mm-hmm. do whatever needs to be done next. Mm-hmm. Now it makes even more sense if it's taking on and off projects yeah. and you know, whatever those might look like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's my struggle. Thanks <laughs> for sharing. I'm into it. 
All right, now let's let's resolve this thing. Uh, Emily, where can our listeners <laughs> find you? Let them know what you're working on and a little bit about Flank 5. Yeah, uh, listeners can find us at Flank 5 Academy, the number 5, academy.com, uh, at Flank 5 Academy on Twitter and Facebook. Um, we are a career fulfillment organization, and we specialize in working with people who are achievers who are currently not achieving. Um, And you might identify that as stuck in what they're doing, but haven't figured out what's next. So we're sort of the pre-contemplative organization. Um, And we believe much like Idea Lemon believes that this is not a solo process. Um, So we offer products and coaching that is group-based and for now in person, but we'll be launching a virtual group too, likely in the fall. And that's The Collective. The Collective's been running, it's the product I launched when I became an entrepreneur and I'm really proud of the traction and the results people are getting. And um, I facilitate that a couple times a week. And then we also, we come to businesses, we do leadership development programming um, and we're on the books to do quite a bit with, you mentioned MBTI, but also DISC and StrengthsFinder for organizations as well. All around this idea of like, don't wait to be happy. So you get to do that now. And in fact, the stakes are pretty high if you don't. Like, so let's get to work on who you are, what your strengths are now, and get to work putting those to work. So Flank is really an individual transformation organization, but we hope that by transforming enough individuals, organizations get transformed. I don't know, cities, the world. Whoa. Shall we shoot for it? Shoot for the stars. You land We're, among the stars. What's the thing? Anyway. Shoot for so, the stars because if you fall, you land in the clouds. <laughs> Jump in the crowd. Spark your lighters. Wave them around. If you don't know by now, I'm talking about Chi-Town. Okay. Do you think about me now and then? Okay. Yes. <laughs> very, very different than uh, shoot for the moon because even if you miss, you'll land amongst the stars. Well, the moon is uh, closer than the stars, so you're wrong. Okay. And right. cheese. Right. Delicious. Uh, all right. So, on that note. So to wrap up then, we'll go around um, Martin. How do, how do you find support? Yeah. How do you find support? Thank you for supporting him on figuring out what that question was. Yeah. And thank you for supporting me because I didn't know what the question was. Um, how do I find support? Uh, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna start with you. You need to start by figuring out what you need support with. Um, so a lot of like really being honest with yourself about like if you're if you keep setting to do lists and goals and things that you need to get done and you never get them done and it's not just like a procrastination thing. Like you're you're legit. You sit down and every time you never do it, ask yourself why you're not doing it. And then say like, all right, maybe this isn't something that I'm never going to do mm-hmm. and I need to bring in support on it. And if that's true, then you can actually like, I remember JXL when he was on, he was like, you know, I could go learn how to do animation to animate my videos or I could pay someone. Mm-hmm. And like, I think we didn't quite get deep into that, but like finding the people that can do the things that you don't have time to do so you can actually do the things that you're good at. Mm-hmm. My answer, how do you find support? Um, Embrace the struggle and ask people, what are you struggling with instead of how can I help? And in turn, let people know what you're struggling with so that they can help. Mm -hmm. Emily, how do you find support? How do I find support? 
The first thing I think about is who has what I want um, and how do they get it. And from there, the menagerie begins to be built with people that have things that I admire. Um, and that can be from a broad brush of industries. So it's not as explicit as like, I need this, this person fills this. Um, but to have a very diverse, curated, intentional approach to thinking about who has what you want and how can you get what they have. Um, to be a better person, period, not just a better business person. All right, Emily Drake, thank you for joining us on the Sweatcast. <laughs> I feel like it got a little. Bit I thought it was a train cast. Yeah, the I'm cast, warm, the but cast. I'm not sweating. Yeah, I'm just putting it You're putting it up. We're <laughs> fine. He's putting. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm putting out. Oh, yeah. Cool as a cucumber. Oh, as Delicious again. Cheese and cucumbers. So there's some more space in between. The you floor. do. Yeah, vent it out a little. And I'm wearing Right Guard Extreme Sport, Power right, Strength, right. and Dry Tech. If you we're we're so. going to just air this out. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was our conversation with Emily Drake. Emily, thank you so much for joining us, and not only joining us, but bearing with us as trains went by and we had to close windows and sweat it out in that hot room. Did you, the listener, enjoy this episode? If so... The best compliment you can give us is a rating and review on iTunes and subscribe to the damn show already. Ratings and reviews and subscriptions, you know what those do? They help more people find the show and therefore the awesomeness spreads. And awesomeness is only awesome when it gets shared with other people. For full show notes, references, and resources from this episode, you can find them all at idealemon.com. That'll do it for this one. Thank you again to Emily Drake of Flank 5 Academy for joining us. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Nathan. You have been listening to Idea Lemon's Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. We will catch you next time. But in the meantime, take care and be awesome today. <laughs>